0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above. And I'm telling you, there is mercury mischief afoot this morning. OMG. I had gotten ready for the broadcast early this morning, and I had about, oh, I don't know, it was like 10 minutes extra to spare. And I thought, okay, well, I'm just going to put some finishing touches on what I'm doing and and talking about. And then I went to start the broadcast and Zoom wouldn't work. It said you have to restart your computer. So I restarted my computer and then it wouldn't let me choose to broadcast to my YouTube channel. And then I had to close out of everything and restart everything yet again. And now finally, it looks like it's working. I'm gonna go check over here on uh, YouTube itself. Yes, it is working. Sometimes you have to stay <laughs> perseverant, especially in the face of Mercury uh, moving retrograde. It's in the shadow period right now. So these things happen. Good morning, Erica Dorsey and Ingrid. It's good to see you. Debbie Tibbets me. hello to you. Kathleen Mallory, good morning. JLo, good morning. And I see Asa has signed in. Thankfully she can get in. Um, and she is, uh, masquerading as living astrology this morning. Deborah Johnson, good morning. It's good to see you. And I hope everybody had a good weekend. I actually had a working weekend, if you will. I had a lot to, uh, get done in behind the scenes, uh, preparing for the memberships webinar tomorrow, uh, and preparing for, uh, information for the full moon lunar eclipse. So it was a busy weekend, but also I found some time to rest and have some fun, took up a new study of astrology, a uh, study that seems relatively easy. I'm testing it out. So if I call upon you one day to test out something, uh, it will be about solar arcs, which are a sort of predictive technique in astrology that we can use to sort of predict the big major events in your life based on uh progressing if you will but it's not quite a progression uh the the different planets in your chart and I tested it out yesterday in my own life it seemed to be amazingly accurate weird weirdly accurate and I'm not sure how I I actually had a book sitting right here next to me by Noelle Teal that uh, was called Solar Arcs and I don't know when I bought it it must have been a while back because I don't remember actually doing it and it fell out of my basket. I have right down here a basket of my uh, of books that I want to read, but also of all of the, the Oracle cards. And I knocked the basket over, and there it was. And I went, oh, interesting. OK, let's take a peek. So it was one of those fun things that uh, get me really revved up and excited uh, because it seemed so uh, powerful. Uh, But today we aren't going to talk more about that because we have a lot to talk about in preparation for the full moon lunar eclipse which occurs on Wednesday. Uh, On the uh, west coast it'll be early Wednesday morning, and you will be able to see the eclipse, at least parts of it most of it the middle part of it. And then for those of you further east, the further east you go, the less likely it is that you're going to see the eclipse, the mountain time zone, and I think central time zone may see catch a little bit of it. Eastern time zone, you're kind of left out in the cold with this one, you won't be able to see it. But I can assure you, I am likely not getting up at 1:47 AM to see the part of the eclipse that's visible from my part of the world. Although you never know, sometimes those things wake me up and I'll get up just because. Uh, but it also looks like it's gonna be rainy the next couple of days, so we'll see what happens. Uh, In the meantime, we can already see the effects of this eclipse. Uh, When we talk about eclipses, we're not really talking about a one and done moment. Um, We we have a time, we have a date, we have a sign, we have a degree, uh, we have all the information, but the eclipse power really begins approximately a week or two even sometimes before the eclipse. And then during the eclipse window, Oh, and then about six months after the eclipse, because eclipses come in pairs six months apart in the year, so we we don't like get rid of the eclipse tomorrow or the see it would be on Thursday just because it's done, um, and we aren't quite to the eclipse, but we're still feeling the effects. Um, look at how powerfully. The sun woke up this weekend, blowing out all kinds of uh, coronal mass ejections. We had volcanoes erupting. There were major earthquakes in parts of the world. And it just seems like everything, the, the earth is being stirred up even before we have the eclipse. And that stirring up can still be happening even in your own lives. And it doesn't have to be stirred up like a volcano. It could be. But it could also be something that is stirring in a very positive way, for example, yesterday my stirring of the uh, solar arc and information and how that just suddenly opened up this whole Vista uh, for me, and it can be more subtle than that that was pretty profound and in my face, but it can also be more. subtle and less like overt where you're just not really noticing it. But if you look back over the last few days, maybe even the last week or so, you may see what the pressures have been pushing you toward or what things seem to be opening up for you or what avenues or uh, what types of energies seem to be opening up for you. And you should already be aware of this anyway, because you should be journaling every day, right? We talked about the journaling through the first uh, two months of the Jupiter in Pisces um, transit, so that you could see already kind of the, the foreshadowing of what comes up for us in 2022, or what comes up for you personally, even in 2022, just by watching what Jupiter is bringing to you both in the emotional level, the intuitive level, uh, the spiritual level, the creative and imaginal level, what kinds of things are stirring up, right, this is a stir the pot kind of time uh, in uh, a astrology, because everything is sort of being brought to the surface. Now, uh, this particular eclipse that's coming up, you can have two types of eclipses. You can have an eclipse that is conjunct the south node of the moon, which is a past coming up and having to be cleared out, released and let go of. Or you can have a north node eclipse, which on June 10th will have a, a north node eclipse where it's time to bring uh, up the things that need to go pushing you into a new direction. So right now you're releasing and letting go of what is in the way and maybe even getting a glimpse or a sort of glimmer of what things are possible as you move into the next moon, which will be, like I said, June 10th, where now it's accompanying the North Node, which is our destiny. So So some things now that are leaving your life or uh, ending uh, are in a way preparing you for what comes next with the new moon on June 10th. So I know that eclipses often get a bad rap because they they can be so effective at changing our lives, but knowing the universe as we do now, it's not always something that is meant to doom you or bring you bad luck, it's not that at all. In fact, this is a very loving universe And it may just be providing the opening by having you release something, right? Sometimes we are holding on so tight and uh, we're afraid to let go. And of course, if we're in fear, then we're not in love. And if we just release that and just let the universe do its work, we'll see exactly why and where it has been pushing us all along and not have to worry about it anymore, just to go with the flow. So a full moon, as always, is a releasing, an aha moment, a revelation type of thing, an ending, or a completion. This is just a jacked up completion, if you will. So it may be uh, based on where it is in your own personal chart. It can be something that's really affecting you broadly. But for some people, it may just be something very narrow. It really depends on how your own chart is set up. Now, the eclipse itself will be at five degrees of Sagittarius. Sagittarius and Gemini are where the nodes are right now, North node in Gemini, South node in Sagittarius. So in Sagittarius, what we see is we're having to release ourselves from our old ideals or our old um, ideas, or even you could look at it as releasing yourself from um, the... Beliefs that are the dogmas, let's use that word rather than beliefs, but it it can be your beliefs or your dogmas, the things that you've been holding on very tightly to. Um, in a search for freedom, uh, that Aquarius, I mean, that Sagittarius really demands from us, it is about um, finding truth, right? It is the archer with his arrow pointed at the galactic center where all truth springs from, and all truth is based in love. If it's not of love, then it isn't truth. So when we watch this dynamic that appears in our governments or in, uh, you know, between countries or nations, or, or we have all of these uh, upheavals that are going on, it's not that it's, it's not the truth. It's not that it's not true that it's happening. It is, but it isn't based in truth because it isn't of love. Does that make sense to people? So we can have calamities and we can have uh, arguments, we can have differing viewpoints, we can have differing ideologies, but when they come to clash with one another, we're not using that energy in truth. It's all falsehoods. It's all fake news. Everything is fake news unless it's of love, right? If it's of love, it's true. If it's a fear-based if it's every, you know, don't get that shot, it's going to kill you kind of thought. If it is a uh, don't go outside because you're going to get you know hit by lightning, uh, all of that is of fear and that is not of love, right? So if we can step back from our, our limited tunnel vision of what we believe things are, then we can see and be more objective about what the real truth is. And when you erase everything that isn't of love, uh, it's amazing what you start to see, right? That, that all those things that we thought were true fall away and we're more willing to see each other through the eyes of love than through the eyes of hate or division or polarization. This is not where I meant to take this this morning for sure, but it's where I'm going. And I think partly this comes from the Pleiadian earth energy of the day, really. Uh, the fact that also the moon is in Scorpio And the fact that we're in the midst of this uh, very powerful uh, full moon tomorrow, Wednesday. Uh, But let's look at the Pleiadian Earth energy first. Let's go a little out of order this morning. Today is 12 intuiting. And the energy of the number 12, this is the universal day. So every life form on every planet uh, would uh, would be resonating with this energy of 12. And the energy of 12 is about understanding. It is... (sighs) <sighs> taking in everything that you've learned for from this previous uh, period of time, so the previous 12 days, and integrating it into your life, integrating it into your being. This isn't really energy about doing anything. This is really about who do you want to be or who are you in the truth and the deepest parts of yourself. So we're integrating and understanding the previous days in the context of our evolution, So it's a time today to actually be in contemplation a bit, to be able to really understand uh, and see uh, the light, if you will. Um, It's a time for us to draw parallels and inferences, seeing the connections of everything that's occurred in the previous days to maybe long past periods of your life to maybe uh, things that have just recently happened, Uh, maybe to things that you were afraid would happen but didn't happen, or things that you were afraid to to happen that did happen, but then it all turned out well. So we're drawing the parallels, we're looking to the future, uh, we're understanding how all of the pieces fit together today with that energy of 12. Now, intuiting is the energy of Kib in the Mayan calendar. And Kib was the representation of the owl or the vulture. Um, It is sometimes represented by a death mask. It is the energy of seeing what's real, right? If you take away all the shreds, think about what vultures and owls do, they pick the bones apart, right? And uh, what's left is what's true, what's real, what's visceral. So, Uh, intuiting energy then takes us into uh, removing all of the cobwebs so that we can see what's true, what's illuminated by what we reveal in that. We're seeing the illusion for what it is, right? And the illusion is that love is real and fear-based energies are not real. The illusion is that we think it's all real right? So we get to see through the illusion directly into what's loving, what's kind, what's compassionate, what's humanity and loving heart energy. That's what's real. All of the rest, all of the fear-based BS that we all get into is not real. It's illusion. It's illusion to make us learn to see love, to see uh, oneness, to see unity, to heal separation. They're tools, tools, to help us become one again, right? That's what this is all about. So this is also intuiting energy is also rebirth energy. So this is the vision of a new beginning. while we're still in the midst of a completion of some sort. We're experiencing an ending. We're at the full moon time, but we can see the potential for what comes next or what might be new. This is a time of heightened intuition, being able to really sense more than what you normally can sense or what this is a great time. Then I would say to hone your intuition so that when the transit passes, it's not like it goes away and you're done with it, Uh, hone your skills. See if you can really tune in and, and feel the vibe from the universe and what it's talking to you about what it's telling you. Uh, it's a time to become, uh, you're going to love this, a spiritual ecologist. What is an ecologist? An earth ecologist is someone who is very adept at preserving and creating sustainability. Well, a spiritual ecologist would suggest then that we're here to sustain a spiritual connection, to not get caught up in those uh, drastic uh, fear-based energies, right? A spiritual ecologist knows where the blocks are, where the fear is, and knows how to release them. Right through being more in love, seeing things more through loving eyes, and love energy is the over. I, I will bet you when when science finally can merge with uh, spirit, we're going to see that all of the things that science can't answer, like dark matter, right? All of the like five percent of the universe out there, they can put a, a label on. The rest is all just dark matter, and that's what they call it, dark matter, and. Uh, look I think eventually they're going to find I mean they can't even say right now that it's gravity, right? They can't say anything about it. They don't know. but I will bet you it becomes known that that universal force or that dark matter is really love and how love is the glue that holds this whole universe together. All of the universes together. So be a spiritual ecologist right now. see where the blocks are, what's been holding you back and release them with love and stop tapping into the fear right? Stop tapping into the he said, she says to all of the crazy dogmas out there and just live in love. Ha! There we have that. Now today the moon is in the sign of Scorpio. Maybe this is why too, we're going sort of deep in this. And the moon in Scorpio today is going to find itself in an opposition to Uranus because Uranus is in Taurus and Taurus and Uranus are opposing signs. And there's also a square to Saturn today from the moon that is actually first before the Uranus opposition. And the square to Saturn with the moon can sometimes make us feel a little emotional, maybe a little on edge, a little bit dissatisfied with life, a little bit uh, not sure, like, why are we feeling maybe lethargic or low energy? But this too shall pass because the moon moves rather quickly. You won't be stuck in that pattern All day long. In fact, there's that injection of Uranus energy later in the day to sort of spice up our lives, maybe get some new information in that kind of thing. Uh, The moon in Scorpio is transformational or transformative. We want to change our lives or make certain changes in our lives during this period of time. And those changes come about because in Scorpio, we're eliminating baggage, we're eliminating what no longer fits. We're eliminating the uh, the the things that have been dragging us down, right? So, what are those things? Well, look in your own life as to what beliefs you have that are dragging you down. What things, literal things, you have that are dragging you down? Uh, all the. Um, accumulation of fears and, and events in your life that maybe have created patterns where you're trying to recreate the past, or you're always afraid that the past is going to repeat itself. Those are things that you need to eliminate in your life. We are drawn to emotional experiences when the moon is in Scorpio. Scorpio is a very deeply emotional sign. It is deep water, right? So a lot of times when the moon is moving through Scorpio, deeper Uh, emotional things come up to the surface for us to transform, not to hurt us, not to remind us how inadequate we are or how you fill in the blank, how bad we are, how this we are, whatever it is. It's for us to be able to transform it, to eliminate the baggage. We are looking deeper into the crystal ball, if you will, for truth and a path to discover hidden motives, both in ourselves, but also in others. What is, the, what is the reason why you're doing certain things in your life or not doing certain things in your life, such as the case may be? Maybe you've always wanted to do something and there's something hidden from you as to why it never seems to happen. Or what is it that is possibly a fear that is holding you back? So today uh, with the moon in Scorpio, you may find access to that. And even into tomorrow, the moon will still be in the sign of Scorpio. Uh, Scorpio rules forgiveness. So where are we not being forgiving? or where are we where are we holding on to unforgiveness, right? Uh, Scorpio is involved with restoration, changing things up, cleaning them off, regenerating them, fixing them. And strategic, it always seems to have a plan. And it is uh, the sign of sex and soulmate relationships. So going you know, into that bonding energy, uh, into intimacy, and maybe it's intimacy issues that pop up for each of us during this period of time. It is, as I said, emotional. It also is the ruler of the eighth house in our astrology charts, which is sometimes re- uh, about other people's money. Or the resources that we share with other people, money that comes in from taxes or credits, or uh, it's all about debt and credit. So there is maybe some need to take a look at our finances, especially with that opposition to Uranus later today, as Uranus is in Taurus, a sign that rules the banking system, as well as anything to do with money, the stock market, the cryptocurrencies, cash, um, the dollar, et cetera, the relative strength of the dollar, the economic uh, landscape. So we may hear some news over the next day or so about the economy. Who knows, right? But in your own personal life, wherever Scorpio is, is where you need to look at elimination, letting go, where you might have emotional attachments to things, to people, to beliefs that need to go, that need to get spruced up. Um, Scorpio energy is intense. So expect intense interactions, intense emotions, intense uh, everything. So even the, the sun, not in Scorpio, by the way, uh, is representing the intensity as it just hurled off. I don't know, what was it? Four or five CMEs. So it's waking up with a vengeance, so to speak during this period of time. And I look at that as sort of a, um, a picture, if you will, of what's happening within each of us. Remember the sun is your personality, And when the sun is activated and it's bursting with these energy bubbles that explode outward and hurl uh, particles and uh, energy waves at us, at the earth, or at the whole of the solar system, but at us, at the earth, um, it is a time where things are bursting out of us as well right? Changes in our personality, perhaps, Um, things are in change or are in flux. When the sun is quiet, which it had been for two or three years, the sun had been very quiet. Uh, There were more days of no sunspot activity than there were days of sunspot activity. And it's the sunspots, of course, that generate the CMEs. And during that period of time, we are receiving neutrino energy and cosmic rays and gamma rays and so forth that have an evolutionary effect on the human being, actually on all life. So it's not just us, but we are sentient and we understand that these things are happening. So while that quiet period was happening, we were taking in the energy and the potential for all of that transformational energy. And now with the sun becoming very activated, we're now busting out, if you will, with that new potential in all of us, right? So, and in all of life. So it's an interesting thing to watch in that last year, while we had COVID raging through the, 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 world, uh, It was a time where we were integrating, where we were taking in something new and we were ready for some form of mutation. And now as that's clearing up a bit, we have the sun changing the energy where we're busting out with all of those inner changes out into the world. So, and of course that doesn't all happen in a day. It doesn't all happen during one moon's transit through Scorpio. Um, But because we also have that powerful eclipse, on Wednesday, it's a potential that it will be sustained for us from not from just right now all the way through until November and December when we have the next series of eclipses across Gemini and Sagittarius. So interesting days that we live in right now. Now we also often need to look at the uh, the lower. Uh, or more negative aspects of the sign, because remember this is a spectrum of energy, and we choose at every moment whether we're going to uh, express from the highest energies or whether we're going to express at the lower end of the energies. So the lower end of Scorpio energy or misuses or are, mis- are misuses of power, um, including things like revenge and jealousy, um, destructive urges, those things that come up within us and we just like erase everything turn everything upside down kind of energies. And that's a more negative thing because we don't need to eliminate everything. We don't throw the baby out with the bath water. We open the drain, let the dirty water drain and save the baby. Right? (laughs) Let's say the important parts. So we want to avoid destruction, uh, complete annihilation of something in order to make it brand new, uh, because that's not always indicated, right? We have to watch for power struggles. We can have be experiencing inner power struggles, right? Where we're struggling against ourselves over something, but power struggles between you and people of authority in your lives, Um, the collective and the relative authority figures and they're in in the bigger pictures abandonment issues suspicion and guilt all things that come up through the negative side or the negative expression of Scorpio energy now in the body Scorpio rules the sex organs it also rules all of the elimination organs and also um, uh, PMS and menstruation for women interesting enough right So we also have, you know, some time here uh, to go within, right, to be able to go inside and search for the things that are no longer serving us or the energies, the beliefs, the thoughts, the grievances, the emotions that are not serving us and release them, right, even the body, the elimination organs, what's the job of that Of that it's to release the toxins that have built up in the body or whatever is of no use any longer in the digestive system. So it's, it's all a kind of part and parcel and it all kind of dovetails together so nicely. Um, one other thing I wanted to go, I want to go back to the, first of all, let me make sure everybody's doing good out here. I haven't seen anything coming up from, from you Asa, but let's go back real quick and say hello again to everybody else. Uh, uh hello pauline uh crystal uh good to see you i think you've been with us before but it's good to see you again um pauline says goddesses do you know no janet's availability after wednesday oh okay maybe uh that's for asa mimi says "Hmm, my natal north node is five degrees sagittarius uh 16 five sad 16 minutes, eight seconds. Yes, I'm feeling this one also feeling the pre shadow mercury retrograde, pretty buzzy with all the energies. So Mimi, interestingly, what you have is you're coming to the exact uh, opposition of your 18 and a half or 19 year cycle of uh, completing your destiny or the next steps to your destiny. So you're at sort of a halfway point. It's like taking your midterms, right? This is your midterms exam, if you will, uh, of your destiny as your north node. How well are you um, getting into your what would be a five degree Gemini North node. And the Gemini North node would take you into being experimental with creativity to sharing of ideas and speaking your truth and uh, not people pleasing and so forth. So your your Gemini North node is pushing you in that direction. The South node connection now is uh, checking in to see how well you're doing there, right? How well are you doing and moving in that new direction? But also... Asking you to release what is no longer serving you, what is no longer in your truth, what is illusionary instead of real. And if it's not of love, again, it's not real, right? Only love is real. And that comes even from the uh, uh, Course in Miracles. Only love is real, nothing else is real. So that tells us a lot about some of the you know what that's going on out there in the world. It looks so crazy but it's a process of us releasing the crazy, crazy getting off the bus so that what's left on the bus is love. And it takes us into the future. There we go. Uh, Erica, I'm learning this in my alchemy book. I love it. Pauline says moon and Scorpio aligns to rebirth. Definitely. It's the transformational nature. So it's also death. It's death and it's rebirth. So we have the whole shebang in Scorpio. Uh, Allison D. Good morning, everyone. It's been a long time since I caught the live show. Hope everyone is doing well. We are. Thank you so much for asking. Uh, Kathleen Mallory says, I have 12th house Scorpio with Mars at seven degrees. So you're looking right now for these couple of days of releasing yourself from fears. The 12th house is often the place of hidden sabotaging things, um, uh, h- hidden self-sabotage, hidden limitations Uh, or beliefs, ways that you've changed yourself up, and the process is becoming more and more enlightened. That's what the 12th house is. It is the house of the dawn, right? The dawn. So the sun is just coming up, and it is just starting to spread its light, right? The dark, we're coming out of the dark in the 12th house. So you're coming out of the dark, Kathleen. Uh, Pauline, what was the planet for the virus you shared a while back? Um, I don't know if that there's any one planet, but when we have a pandemic, and a pandemic is often related to a virus or a bacterial outbreak, something like that, it's often Jupiter gone wrong. And interesting because Jupiter now is in the sign of Pisces, the sign that rules our immune system, our lymphatic system. So we have the potential here, if we do things the correct way, to really strengthen our immune system during this period of time. And, uh, or to see the weaknesses in our immune system and what needs to be strengthened there. So uh, mostly Jupiter, remember Jupiter is about magnifying, amplifying, um, making things bigger, uh, expanding things. So expansion isn't always a very positive thing. It can sometimes be runaway growth, like a tumor. Sometimes it can be runaway growth of a virus like COVID and a pandemic ensues. So Jupiter can play that role. Um, Now, Kathleen Mallory partner has sixth house Scorpio, part of fortune and vertex. Uh, So your your connection here is across uh, the 12th and the sixth houses. The 12th house is often seated in uh, psychology in the mind, right? So the health of the mind versus in the sixth house, the health of the body. And so what you might be able to see in one another is how the health of the psyche or n- unhealthiness of the psyche uh, in fears or in uh, trials and tribulations is contributing to the, to the dis-ease of the body. Or you can see how if when you take uh, on changing your mind about things that the body, the health of the body begins to reflect that uh, willingness to change. So for both of you, you're playing that role with each other. Um, Pauline has fourth house Mercury in Scorpio. Uh Uh-huh. So about speaking, Uh, your thinking process is going very deep, but also very much affected by emotion. And uh, then if you are like, often the Scorpios are passive aggressive, Scorpio energy. So, and we have, all of us have Scorpio energy. So don't, if you're a Scorpio, I'm not saying that in any kind of derogatory way, but Scorpio energy can be uh, passive aggressive and the passive aggression then for you in the, in the fourth house comes out with home, comes out with maybe having experiences with mother or nurturing or in creating foundations, things like that. Maybe you, create a foundation that is built on sand and then it all falls apart. So those kinds of things are what you can actually explore for yourself. And let's see, Mimi says, thank you, Janet. That was very helpful. You're welcome. And Kathleen, oh, my North node is in Sagittarius, seventh house, 10 degrees. That is your relationship house. So you're moving to see yourself clearly through relationships. Pauline says, Eris in the 12th house in Cancer. Eris is a goddess that is sometimes we can look better at something in its contrary nature so eris in her contrary nature is um revengeful she's very like the negative of scorpio energy she can be revengeful she can be jealous she can uh create issues for other people uh because she's feeling not included she's not feeling honored she's not feeling like she's um a part of the the same group so that feeling of I want to get back at you because you've hurt my feelings in in mythology remember she's the one that throws out the golden apple at a wedding reception and creates all of this chaos with all of the goddesses that were there um, because the the apple said to the fairest of all and they all, of course, wanted to be the fairest. It brought out their vanity. So she tends to bring out the characteristics in us that are um, more hidden, right? Some of the more the more negative, the more ugly sides of ourselves come out with Ares. And in the 12th house, in cancer, there can be some abandonment issues. There can be some guilt issues. There can be some uber security issues where maybe you had some abandonment at some point, maybe... Um, Uh, from parents or from friends or uh, spouses. And that abandonment creates you a a fear of uh, having that happen again. So you create, you build that wall around yourself. And in the 12th house, that's the wall, right? That's the thing you have to break through. You have to actually get to the fear um, of what it is that you're afraid of. What are you walling yourself off from in order to really break through and clean that up, right? To see the light, but the 12th house sometimes is such a tricky place where, you know, we, I don't want to look there, right? I don't want to look there, but it's the best place to look right now, apparently for you, because it's coming up to the surface. You want to know what Eris is about. Eris is all the places where you self-sabotage, where you break yourself down instead of build yourself up. There you go. Uh, j I'm just sitting pretty for the death and rebirth in the North Node, postnatal three degree lunar eclipse in my chart, postnatal or prenatal. And in human design, it's in gate 34 by the degree, assuming line two. Yes. Yes. So the gate 34 on the sacral. So what am I going to do in my life? What is the doing? The 34 is really about power, the power that comes in the now when we're in response to what is showing up in our outer world. So we may have all these fears, like sometimes, you know, I've even had this experience where I just wake up and I'm, uh, or even I'm just sitting and I suddenly tap into some kind of fear field and now I'm anxious or I'm tense. And I don't know why, because nothing I, uh, last night, this happened to me, actually, I was, everything was fine. I have nothing to worry about. Nothing is going wrong. I mean, everything seems to be fine. I mean, certainly there are tensions and and stresses and things like that, everyday stuff, but nothing major, but I felt it last night. And sometimes that is uh, just a tapping into uh, the old energies, right? Old energy. So the power that we have is to bring ourselves to this now moment. And in this now moment, I'm fine. There's nothing wrong. Everything's peachy, but other things can be happening around me that I don't know of that I just somehow tapped into psychically. So we can always bring ourselves back to the now. And the 34 is very adept at being in the now, but it can also sometimes um, start to throw spaghetti at the wall, if you will, to kind of experiment with where should I go? What should I do? Um, But the key here is if it's not in your outer world for you to respond to, there's nothing you must do. Sit with it. Be patient in the moment with what is happening. Um, There we go. Amanda J, my natal north node is in Sagittarius 8th house. So I don't know what the degree is, Amanda, but the the next series of eclipses in in November and December, uh, in fact, there's three of them then. I think there's one in Taurus one in Gemini, one in Sag, I'll have to go back and look, but, um, then you're going to have this rebirth possible. And actually right. Even now with this particular eclipse, uh, it's opposing your North node perhaps. And it would be a time for you to really see what it is that you have to let go of in order to be able to pro to go further, to move forward, because the eighth house is all about death and rebirth as well. Right? So you have, um, you've got to let go sometimes in order to be free to move forward. It's like the, the saying in the Bible about moving, like you, to get through the eye of the needle, basically, you're going to have to leave some stuff behind, right? You can't take everything with you through that eye. So wherever the, the eye is pushing you, where, wherever your destiny is pushing you, you might have to release some things in order to get there. And be willing to do that if it seems like that's you know the the, it's only your mind that wants to hold on to things. So release yourself from holding on. Uh, Corey here late but good morning all good morning to you Pauline yes dealt with recently Kathleen Mallory oops my North node is Aquarius in 21 degrees third house. Uh, Christine Buckingham that seems to happen to me and then my kids tell me of something happening with them. So let's talk about that for a moment, because often that does happen, right? You think everything is fine in your world. And then suddenly someone calls you and says, oh, so-and-so has cancer. Oh, this is happening. Someone's losing their house or mom, I'm going to, you know, lose my job. I need, I need advice. And now we're all very tempted to go down the drain, right? Into the sadness of all of that energy. When what we really need to do is then just hold space in the now, for our loved ones, our friends, for the people that are involved to find their way through their crisis or through their, their, um, uh, shock or their awakening and not to take it on yourself, just because it's your daughter or your child or, uh, your spouse or your friend or whatever, it doesn't mean you're meant to take on that energy. Sure. We have feelings for that, and we express those feelings for it, but don't take it on, that's the thing that we need to get through. We can't let it take our, uh, blow up our personal lives. We have our own things that blow up our lives at times. So be very wise about how you take on other people's energies. J-Lo, I've been doing a ton of writing and searching with my own chart, so it helps so much to learn indeed. Christine Buckingham, North Node, Scorpio, two degrees, 17 minutes. Ah, Scorpio. So today you're, when I got up this morning and did this chart, the moon, where are you moon? Where's Scorpio? Okay. The moon was already at six degrees, 45 minutes. So you've already had that crossing over, which is maybe why this is bringing up. Now you're looking for the direction for how do I put all of that into perspective? And uh, North node in Scorpio says, you know, you're designed to be transformed, to transform this lifetime and be transformed by others. So it's a transformational path you're walking. It's an emotional path you're walking. It's a forgiveness path you're walking. It's a a regenerative path you're walking. Your walking path or your uh, path to evolution is by moving out of the scorpionic, uh, Scorpio, uh, what is that? Scorpion. And moving up to the perspective of the eagle to be able to see things from a higher perspective and then ultimately to cue in on what needs to be transformed and then take that next leap into the Phoenix, you know, daring uh, to be emulate, immolated and then reborn, rebirthed right? So it's a very deep path you're walking in this lifetime, Christine, I would bet you've walked uh, a lot of pathways with hot coals under your feet. Um, Kathleen, I feel grateful for the wealth of knowledge I find here. And when you said stop tapping into fear, I felt stoned, love energy. I love that. Let's get stoned with love energy. Uh, J-Lo, wow, that happened to me this Sunday. Weirdly enough, Uh, Christine Buckingham moon, Jupiter retrograde and Neptune retrograde in Scorpio too. You have a lot of Scorpio work to do on this planet, girl. So there's a lot of letting go. You know, one of the things you can think about with the scorpion is that they would rather stab themselves to death or sting themselves to death than uh, be cornered or do, you know, what, you know, be limited in some way. And that seems rather passive aggressive, doesn't it? It's like cutting off your nose to spite your face. So take a look at where you might be stinging yourself repeatedly and look you know, raise your perspective, see things from a higher view, looking back in, you could see, oh, that's me afraid of dying or afraid that someone's going to have power over me or whatever that might be. And then you can take steps to release yourself from that fear by empowering yourself, right? By, by seeing that death is only a part of birth. Like it's all part of one uh, series of energies. So you got that? Uh, great conversations out here this morning. Okay, before I forget, uh, this week, I am appearing on two different shows. On Wednesday afternoon, evening, it'll be nighttime, actually 5 p.m., my time, 8 p.m. for those of you on the East Coast, I'll be on Angel Heart Radio. Uh, I'm going to be with Annette McCoy, and she and I are going to take a a walk through uh, the energies from May 26th eclipse to June 10th eclipse, and what's all happening in between there, right? We know that Mercury will be retrograde then. We also know that we're walking through the collective shadow period then with the Pleiadian energies. And so we have a very intense window from May 26th to June 10th, and that's what she and I are going to be taking up on Wednesday evening uh, at 5 p.m. Pacific, 9, 8 p.m. PM, Sorry, uh, East Coast time. Then on Friday, at 4 p.m., and I'm going to have to get the link because right now I can't even tell you where I'm going to be, but you all remember Angie Witzel, who came on here with us a couple of times to talk about the star people and the, the different lives that we might have led in other star systems. And she has started a podcast that is exploring lots of different metaphysical to- topics from oracle cards to astrology to um, the, our galactic selves. And I will be on her show on Friday afternoon at 4 p.m. Pacific. Uh, That'll be 7 p.m. East Coast time. And we'll be talking about some really interesting things. I'm not sure where she's taking me, but I know it'll be interesting. And it's not just Angie. It is two friends of hers that they started the podcast with, uh, Crystal and, oh, Lord, the other girl's name just escaped me, Brandy. Crystal, Brandy, and Angie will all be together on Friday at 4 p.m great way to kick off the holiday weekend, at least here in the U.S. Memorial Day weekend. Uh, Okay, then let's take a quick peek at what we can express or what we can see from the transits that are coming up for the week. And uh, this week, Monday, today, we're still in the rush of yesterday's Saturn retrograde. So if you all felt, maybe that's what I felt. I bet it is. I got to check the time. Uh, the, the rush, and I use the word rush of a planet's passage into a new direction, because that's how we experience sort of the whoosh, like um, if, if something moves past you at a, at a certain speed, right you feel the rush of air. Uh, but when a planet changes direction, it's like a rush of air that we feel or a rush of energy that we feel. So Saturn being a planet of duty and responsibility, sometimes taking us into that more, uh, you know, melancholic place, the rush we might have felt was in the uh, difference between Saturn in direct motion, which is the outer expression of form and structure to the inward intake now of form and structure changes in our belief systems, changes in our inner world, changes in our inner uh, dynamics. So we rushed from the outer to the inner. And from now until October, Saturn will be in that retrograde phase. And we will be doing a lot of that inner work that we need to do. Now we have Pluto also in retrograde. Now we have Saturn in retrograde uh, in a couple of days uh, into June, June, June to June. Do I have my June here? Uh, June 20th, we'll have Jupiter turning retrograde. So then we'll have Neptune later that week turning retrograde. Then we'll have all of these outer planets in retrograde with the exception of Uranus uh, taking us on an inward journey, right? For the next several months. So expect to be more pensive, expect to be more uh, possibly more melancholic as you're incubating something, as ideas are, are building or growing within you. And that was something that happened yesterday with Saturn, but that we may still be feeling the rush of today uh, as it's, you know, settling into its new direction, not really moving backwards, but symbolically backwards, moving, moving inward. Um, Tomorrow, of course, Tuesday is another day of not a lot of transits, but it is a great day to start preparing for that full moon, what is it that in, maybe taking that deeper peek inside tomorrow's also 13 uh, in the Pleiadian calendar tomorrow is 13 evolving Ooh, tomorrow's evolving day that's like the earthquake day, uh, something shake shaking us up right something shaking the change uh, into the planet. So interesting that that's happening in the shadow of a full moon lunar eclipse, that also just happens to be a super moon. Uh, In fact, I've been seeing it called the super blood moon. Uh, A super moon is when the full moon or the new moon occurs within 90% of the, or occurs between, yeah, within 90% of the closest it ever comes to our earth, our planet. So it, it strengthens the effect of that moon. So we have a super moon, lunar eclipse that we're preparing for. Uh, Tomorrow, and it is also a day that takes us inward in preparation for the new uh, week. And that new week is self-regulating. Remember on Friday when Pia was with us, she was talking about self-regulating. And as we go through our lives, what we see is that self-regulating is what we're here to do to regulate our own emotions, our own reactions to things, and what we're spewing out to others in the world and that type of thing, being very aware of what we're putting out, but also what we're taking in. So interesting times we are in right now. And of course, Wednesday is the full moon lunar eclipse. And Thursday, Thursday begins a new human design week. And it's interesting because this human design week mirrors the placement of the North and the South nodes. So the week from, um, that's June, from from May 27th to June 1st are going to be very powerful days indeed, as that entire uh, week is taking us through uh, a mirror of what we're learning in the nodes, which is about uh, how we focus our our energy, how we manifest what we want to manifest through words, but also the emotional connection and how we focus and concentrate our energies during that time. And it can sometimes be a time, the the nine is the the gate that the uh, earth will be in. It can make us feel like we have ADD or that we're hyper, um, that we can become a little bit obsessive or compulsive. Uh, So we have some, you know, pretty interesting energies, I would say, for, you know, the end of May and into the first few weeks of June. First, actually, June is almost as good as as May is in terms of shaking us up or changing us up. On Friday, Mercury conjuncts Venus. And now we maybe have the opportunity to speak words of love. Maybe our mind is more focused in loving energy and we are able to be more affectionate with our words and sharing from our inner selves. Saturday, Mercury turns retrograde. So he conjuncts Venus, then he goes retrograde, heading backwards through Gemini, uh, picking up the same spots he's been in for uh, the last few weeks since May 14th. And uh, we, you know what that means, back up your computers. I backed mine up on Sunday. I'll probably back it up again Friday before the retrograde. And of course, we just expect that some things are going to get fouled up, especially because Mercury is in Gemini, a sign of, of that he rules. Um, there's more potential for our speech to get messed up, for our computers to do weird things, for uh, our minds to go wonky. So we just take it in stride, right? This gives us an opportunity to think slower, to speak slowly, right, to be able to articulate the truth of what we really wanna say, the truth of our hearts in a way that is pensive, right? That we think about, like we're encouraged at, the, at a mercury retrograde to slow it down, not to let our minds be skipping along. That's a tendency, we'll have scatteredness, um, but if we can breathe, maybe meditate some more, um, do some you know, more focus exercises, like Tai Chi or Qigong, or even yoga can help us to slow things down and be more focused. And we won't be so at the mercy of um, craziness that happens in Mercury retrograde. On Sunday, Sunday, oh, so Saturday, also in the midst of the Mercury retrograde, we also begin the collective shadow period in our uh, Pleiadian Earth calendar. So that means we'll be watchful for the fear field to see what is popping up out there in the world that may be shaking us up. Um, Then on Sunday, Mars. Gosh, we haven't heard about Mars in a long time, have we? He's been notably quiet. And he comes into a trine with Neptune, which supports our going more spiritual. I think it promotes more of our being those spiritual ecologists of finding new ways to express our spirituality, finding more ways to combine our physical and our spiritual selves to see them as, you know, just parts of the same infinity symbol, right? The number eight, remember the heart to heart connection, Uh, the infinity going this way, but also the infinity sign upright and imbuing the spirit and the human connection. So we have some really good energy in the midst of some very high energy potential for upsets during this particular week. All right. So questions, anybody? Asa, sorry, I haven't looked to see. No, I don't see anything new here. Let's go back here. Um, Thank you, JLo. You're always so good for that, and I'm always so bad with this. Please take a moment to hit that thumbs up button. Uh, for whatever reason, YouTube thinks that that makes my video more worth listening to and it gets me in front of more people to hear my messages. So please hit that thumbs up. Please share the video. Uh, the share button is right there next to the thumbs, right? You share it with your friends or share it in your social media. Uh, and as well, if you are new, please subscribe we are getting up there in the subscriptions in the subscribers 717 wow that's like just 280 ish from a thousand uh okay uh, Amanda J thanks J-Lo by the way I have Saturn retrograde in my natal chart Uh Uh-huh. Third house cancer. What does having Saturn retrograde in your natal chart mean when Saturn goes retrograde by transit? Okay. So that's a good question, Amanda. And I think a lot of people note in their astrology charts, when they look at them, that some some planets are retrograde and because the outer planets, Saturn, uh, Jupiter, even Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto spend, did I say Saturn? Yes. Um, those planets spend probably between four and six months in retrograde. So there's a higher percentage of probability that you're going to have one or more of them in retrograde when you're born, as opposed to the inner planets that, uh, with the exception of Mercury, that that are retrograding in through quicker cycles and in a longer period of time before they go retrograde again. And It is possible then that what you're seeing in a planet like Saturn retrograde in your own chart is an inability in a previous lifetime, perhaps to claim your authority, to be disciplined, to enact your goals and to, you know, live in the world of form and to be, um, you know, response able, responsible. So in this lifetime now, you have Saturn retrograde. You're maybe having to relive some of the themes from previous existences or concurrent ones, depending on what your belief system is there, that um, are going to help strengthen your resolve to live from self mastery, to to build a solid foundation in this lifetime. So it's a redo, if you will. So the retrograde often takes us into the re-rease, right? We're reimagining, we're rebuilding, we're redoing. Um, So that's a part of that experience. And then when Saturn turns or whatever planet that you have retrograde in your chart turns retrograde, it's a time for you to really focus in and discipline yourself based on whatever that planet represents for you. And who was telling me this? This was Amanda J. So you have a third house, I have Saturn retrograde in my natal chart, third house cancer. So you have a third house cancer Saturn. So if you put together Saturn duty and responsibility in cancer as a mother, as a nurturer, uh, as a uh, keeper of the home, if you will, then maybe that got blown up for you somehow in a previous lifetime maybe you weren't able to have children in that lifetime and maybe in this lifetime it's it's not maybe about children so much but it's about self-nurturing maybe you gave too much of yourself away in previous existences and in this lifetime you have to give to yourself and uh, cancer is a healing sign and so it's about healing your saturn wounds if you will and that would be in the third house, which might be how you use your voice or how you use your mind. And maybe you're teaching others in this lifetime to be more self nurturing. All of that fits. JLo, I have so many devices to back up. Indeed, me too. Flower Super Blood Moon. I did see that one too, Pauline. JLo, OMG. Yes, something happened to me Friday. I wonder if it was personal for me, but wow, if that is what is to come, it's amazing. <laughs> See amazing things happen. Uh, okay, well that is it for me today. I think I got out everything I needed to say. I will be on air with you on Wednesday. Uh, by the time I come on air, though, we'll have already had the full moon lunar eclipse, so it might be interesting to see what insights you had, what was revealed, what you're feeling on Wednesday. So be prepared to be very chatty in the um, in the stream, in the live stream on Wednesday. I'll see you then, and don't forget Wednesday night I'll be with Annette at. 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. East Coast time on Angel Heart Radio. You just need to go to the Angel Heart Facebook page. and We'll be broadcasting live right there. That's it for me, guys. Take care. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.